Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening. Uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by Papa Pierce. Hello here again. for uh, this Tuesday. What's the date? The 12th? April 12th? Yeah, it's the 12th, last time I checked. Yeah, I think that's right, yep, because we had the 10th was the race. I like that. We just got back from Louisiana. I still got some minor, I'd say minor, and what do you even call it, a blister? It's just some minor um, hand wounds <laughs> that are kind of still healing up a little bit, but I'm feeling good. We're definitely going to talk a lot about the National Enduro that happened this past weekend, but for those of you that just tuned in for the first time, this is Seat Time. The online show for the off-road enthusiast. We are the beer-drinking, binge-racing show that talks about anything and everything off-road, specifically two wheels. And every now and then, Steven's going to speak up about his UTVs, and we go, you keep talking, buddy. You just keep talking. Because we let him. We like it. He drinks beer, and he races uh, in his mind when he sleeps and counts the sheeps. And exactly. He's fast on that UTV, too. Yeah, he's got the heavy foot. That's right. You give that boy a five-point five point harness, and he's freaking out. He's like, I'm going to be in control. But of course, hey, our sponsors. I, what? Are you in control? No. You're not in control? I've got a five point. No. Uh oh. Sea Time Adventure Support Crew just stepped it he up. Just put a five point in his race. Somebody's or... Christmas went through the roof. Um, Next is a Hans device, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the helmet. I like you it. You might as well be an astronaut strapped um, in. Of course. Sea uh, Time is brought to you by the fun folks at Fly Racing. Go check them out at flyracing.com. If you saw any of the pictures of me from this past weekend, I was in the light hydrogen gear. Worked fantastic. It was nice and humid, uh, and it, it breathed amazing. I'm looking forward to getting some of the new kinetic gear, though, for yeah. when it gets that much more warmer in Texas. That's definitely going to be the way to go. Uh, Kindatire.com to check them out, where this past weekend I was wearing the Washugal 2s, or, or using, wearing, uh, riding on the, the Washugal 2s. Yeah, the bike was wearing some niches. Um, it was the first time I'd used a brand new pair of tires in a long time for like an event. Not just like, oh, I'm putting new tires on, and you go ride. Like, literally, like, you go to the line with brand new tires. It's insane. Yeah, like, especially it, those tires. That's awesome. Like, you know, it, it was so epic. So, definitely want to say thank you very much to Kinder for their support of Seed Time because I had a phenomenal amount of traction using the Washugal 2s down in the epic dirt that we had oh. in Forest Hill, Louisiana. And I had my big blocks on my 990. And how many times did you fall over? Twice. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that a the, little bit the, later. The sum speed of both crashes was probably one mile an hour. I like it. So it'll be interesting for all of us as we continue to go through all the fun stuff that's going on. Uh, of course, SRT Off-Road, those guys helped out a lot, and we're going to be talking to Stuart Baylor and Stuart Baylor 1 on one of the SRT KTMs. His little uh, fan club, Kyle Henderson, was there as his mechanic. It's always a good time. Um, so looking forward to that. Obviously, you can check them out, SRT Off-Road, if you're looking to get you know any kind of small parts for your bikes. Of course, protection is a big part of a lot of the off-road riding that we do, so it's good to go get some shark fins for your rear brake protection, for your front protection, skin, uh, the what? Bash guard, skin, what was I trying to say? Skin plate. thing? Bash I know, but like, sk why was I trying skid to Skid plate? Skid plate, okay. That's a skid plate on a I was thinking bike. like bash guard and skid plate, like, bloop, it's a little plate. One of them's. Um, but definitely SRT Off-Road to learn more about those guys. So you can find Seat Time. SeatTime.co is the website. Um, but that's where we archive all the shows. But, of course, Stitcher and iTunes if you just want to do audio only. Uh, we do have a chat room. Apparently it might be down right now, but in case it comes back up, tlk.io slash SeatTime. And I do have to say, if you want to help support Seat Time in just a little way without any spending any extra money, go to the Seat Time website, SeatTime.co. And click the Amazon banner link and then go shop on Amazon. Um, and anything that you purchase on Amazon, we just get a little bit of a kickback from that. It's kind of an affiliate link. And what that does is that helps us pay Stephen gas money. It helps us pay guest gas money. Well, it I helps think, us I think your mother fees. funds half a seat time doing that. Who's it? Your mother. We could only hope. <laughs> on I, I have a feeling she's not doing that, and she needs to. She will be. Are you watching, my dear? She needs to, for sure. <laughs> so that would be a big a big help. If you guys have uh, paid attention to any of our Instagram feed or Twitter feed or social feeds, you guys saw that Papa Pierce and myself were at the National Enduro this past weekend, the Cajun Classic Enduro. Um, this Enduro is pretty near and dear to us. For those of you, I mean, if you pay attention to the show at all, I'm sure you know that we're that we're from New Orleans. That, That's right. kind of we grew up riding in that kind of stuff. 
And that's like one of the clubs that we spent a lot of time at. We specifically were a member of the Louisiana Trail Riders, which was a little bit west of that area there in Fort, the Fort Polk uh, region of the National Forest. But Exact uh, same terrain. Yeah, we knew that club very well. Grew up with the Comos and a lot of the guys that were there that are dads now. We grew up with them as kids my age uh, in, in, their, in the Acadiana Dirt Rider Club. So we got to see a lot of cool people. Here, here's a little weird inkling that I wanted to talk about, though, Dad, to kind of start things off, is the turnout. Now, there's Enduros on the East Coast and around different parts that sell out within the first week, mm-hmm. right? And this Enduro, even up to the day that it happened, didn't sell out. It, Unbelievable, because it's fairly centrally located. It's further in the south, but... It's fairly centrally located. Yeah, because it's not like it's in New Orleans, which would be I-10. You know what I mean? Um, now, sure, it's still south of I-20, uh, of I-20, you know, which runs to Shreveport and all that kinds of stuff. But it seems really crazy that I, I guess it's just that once you start getting that far west and then also add in the south, you know, amount that you have to drop, then mm-hmm. it just kind of becomes a little bit too much for some people. And maybe they don't want to bounce off pine trees. I don't know, but they look at Sumter. Sumter's got pine trees yeah, out there. That's ass. true. That's true. And they actually probably have a little bit more sand. So if anything, the terrain might be a little bit worse yeah. than what we get. And the trails were not clapped out. Oh, they were awesome. The trails, were, the, the, the just terrain. If you guys have wondered, they had been getting a lot of rain up until the event. They even drizzled Saturday, Saturday night, night as we were settling into the RV about nine thirty, ten o'clock. Woke us up. Yeah, and I was like, uh, "Are you hearing the drizzle?" So it was kind of interesting to uh, to see such a poor turnout. And what, 500 riders? I, I, I was just about to correct myself because what they had wasn't a poor turnout. I thought it was a good turnout. I thought it was one of the better turnouts I've seen at a National Enduro there with the Acadiana Dirt Riders. Now, here's, here's one thing that I do want to bring up, though, is that TSEC, the Texas State Championship Enduro Circuit, scheduled an event on this weekend, which was the Concho Enduro, which has been an Enduro in the past. Right, which is a fantastic event it's as well. It's a great event, yeah. So, I, I don't know the right way to say this. Is it who's, who's, in my mind, if say if I was somebody that was helping schedule TSEC's schedule, right, I would go, where are the National Enduros? Are any of the National Enduros coming close to us? Because if they are, like Oklahoma or Louisiana, yep. which they've come to before, I'm not scheduling an event on that weekend, period. Because I'm going to want us as a circuit to go support and showcase our rider ability at these events. Um, now, granted, it's not about bolstering your, you know, your circuit at these right. events, but it is a little bit of bragging rights. But at the long, I like, I feel that if you want to support this sport in general, beyond just your little tiny race circuit, that that's what you should do as a promoter of an entire series is do your best to not overschedule national events. Well, and remember, too, Texas, by design, they choose not to be an AMA circuit. So, you know, we've known, we've, we've had guests on before that talk in California about all the circuits walking all over each other because they don't bother to pick up the phone and talk. Right. Um, or it, care. Or, or care. You know, as there's no overall organization that, that supports scheduling. Yeah. And that, that just might have, I have no idea why Texas did that. It's one of the best events in the circuit, too. You know, it's on that uh, uh, wild animal oh, game yeah. farm. No, if you guys haven't been to Blackwell, oh. Texas, to Concho, it's an amazing event. You get a little bit of everything at that event. Yeah. Um, including a cliff. <laughs> including a cliff. So and Ibex running next to the trail. It just, it's really upsetting because I feel like we have a lot of great Texas riders who would easily make the five- to six-hour journey over yep. to... To like race we did. that National Enduro, there's a group, a great amount of Louisiana riders have come to, Nacado- to Nacogdoches here in Texas from Nacogdoches <laughs> in Louisiana to race some of our TSEC mm-hmm. events. I just think it's kind of shitty to overschedule like that. Well, I, I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if it's anything like that. I just think it's kind of a joke that as as the as the Enduro circuit in Texas, we just said, you know what, we don't care about the National Enduros. That's basically what it sounds like. Um, but now here's another thing. Is there was a torn event, too. That's a little different to me, and I'll explain why. It's yeah. because it's a hair scramble. There are people that legitimately enjoy racing cross-country more than they do Enduros, the, or the, na- the new kind of national Enduro format, which is okay, too. 
That's fine. Everybody's yeah, going to enjoy that. There's guys that race motocross and supercross. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't need any timekeeping equipment. But it's it's the it's the T-Sec thing that really pisses me off, and it legitimately does aggravate me. Like it, that that we were probably two of ten T-Sec people there yeah. representing the circuit because everybody else got pulled away to not support the national series because they needed points at Concho. So. And I think it was the last race of the series because they do it differently where they don't they right. take the summer off between series, which is weird in itself. Um, but yeah, man, if anybody wants to say I'm wrong from TSEC, that's fine. I'm more than welcome to show up at a couple of board meetings and tell you guys what I think you're doing differently than you well, should Well, they do. do that for the new bikes, though. They take the, no, no, that I, that I, yeah. I don't get it because I don't agree, but I understand the reasoning that they say is why they did it. Yeah. But that that Sarah did the same thing. Yeah. So, uh-oh, we're also getting told, uh, oh, yeah, well, I know the chat room doesn't work because I already mentioned it. You must be watching the show. That works now. Ah, no, this is a fantastic point. So um, our, our fantastic, fantastic rep at Kinda Tires, what we didn't mention, so we mentioned the fact that we got a chance to try or to put the Washougal 2s on at the event, right? First time for a long time for me that I've, won, even ridden on brand new tires, and two, got to do them for an event. What was happening is uh, we got in touch with Tim Anderson there at the National Enduro Circuit, or he was at the National Enduro, and he had a whole plethora of Kinda tires. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go. I said, hey, Tim, you know, I was like, you got the Washugal 2s? Yes, I do. Awesome. I need a front and a rear. Okay. And and he has a service. You know, you can pay him to put them on, or you can put them on right there yourself. He'll let you use the tools and all that stuff if he doesn't have a big line, which he was nice enough to do. Mm -hmm. So I changed my own tires. There's some pictures of me probably sweating it out a little bit somewhere. And, uh, yeah, but that was fantastic to do that. So in case anybody else is wondering, definitely, you know, there's a guy with Kenda, Tim Anderson, that you can reach out to, and uh, he'll have all the tires that you need there at the National Enduro um, that you show up to. Look for the big Kenda arch. Yeah. And if you even see Mike Tosh there, um, who's going to be running around, you know, you could just make him do it. I think he should be the guy that changes your tires for sure. He should have been there to change Good mine. Luck. It would have been fantastic. So we'll see what's going on. Um, well, we do have to we do have to call out the fact that uh, I don't ride that much anymore. It's a, it's a fact. Shit happens when you party naked. But so bike maintenance is one of those things where it's like I cleaned the air filter, I reoiled it, I changed the oil, made sure that you know the tubeless looked like it was going good. You know, just kind of ran over everything after I cleaned the bike. Okay, everything's looking good. Well, when you don't do it that often, you forget things, right? For those of you who don't know, yes, I'm holding a pair of brake pads. These are the brake pads that we took out of the bike when we changed the rear tire. So I changed the rear tire, and I'm putting them back in, and I go, whoa, look at the brake pads. And my dad leans over and goes, oh, my gosh. And they are not even an eighth of an inch. I know you guys can't see this, but they're not even an eighth of an inch off of the actual metal. That's my fault. And, uh, and He grew up with maintenance as a spectator sport. Oh, no. I've been riding on my own now for 11 years. I should be able to figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, so right there, Tim Anderson again hooked us up. He had some brake pads. He said 20 bucks, and we said, here's a 20, and uh, he got them right there. So I like it. Mike Tosh said he would have he changed my tires for me, but he doesn't guarantee a finish. <laughs> Especially with those... <laughs> Those tubes you have. Right? Those, those tube, the tubeless yeah. setup? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so we've been having fun. We had a good time. A great time. Event. We've got all kinds of fun stuff. So we're getting ready to have Stu Baylor come on here in about five minutes. Do you want to show him what you got? Oh, yeah. Well, let's, okay, so, I mean, I, we, I do want to talk about some of the experiences that Dad and I had uh, as a family unit, if you will, at the event. You know, we'll do that a little bit later once we get done with Stu and everything. But honestly, pretty stoked. Um, got second place in the 30A class at a National Enduro, and I've even said it myself. I know the numbers were a little light compared to the other ones, and that's okay. You know, we say it with everybody else, there's no asterisks in racing. It's just what it is. Um, and I had the best time on my dirt bike, period. Um, I cannot tell you the last time that I rode an Enduro, didn't crash, yeah. didn't have a moment where I go, oh my God, I almost, you know, saw stars or almost died or whatever. Um, it was awesome because I went in, I think it was because I completely went into it knowing all I need to do is ride my dirt bike, smile, and have a great day. Period. Yeah. Like That was yeah. the goal, right? And the conditions were and excellent. Everything went great. Yeah, it was like, I, I mean, everything went great. I did, you know, I, I ate correctly on my Friday and Saturday the way I wanted to kind of like see if I could kind of 
you know, treat it a little bit different. I didn't drink on Saturday just to make sure that I was, you know, was able to hydrate all day and of course Sunday. Go look at Instagram though. I definitely drank afterwards. Um, and uh, Stillwell performance. My suspension was fantastic. I went back to my original settings um, from when I got the suspension back because I'd been doing a lot of that extreme stuff. So it was super mm-hmm. super soft. Yeah, it was. Um, and we did the first test, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, man." It feels a little harsh. Like it was a little, it was weird. Like I could tell, like I was getting on some of the roots and things where they kind of crisscrossed, and I was, I felt like I was kind of skating. Um, so I was like, okay, I think I'm pinballing a little bit, not much. So I, you know, softened the compression a little bit, uh, opened up the rebound a little bit, so it was moving a little bit faster, a little bit less comp- rebound dampening and and compression dampening, front and rear, um, high speed and low speed in the back, um, and man, that was perfect. Like I think it was like two or three clicks kind of all around on all of that and the bike was just phenomenal um it was funny though because you know how like you kind of give and take right with any kind of suspension there was one section of whoops that you hit you know and these these are those whoops that are they're a wheel deep yep and you can get there been there for you we've been working on those for decades (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) you can get the speed to hit them and just bop 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 and bust off the top of them well this was probably about six or seven long and that's what i was doing i was just banging off of them but when i got to about the fifth one like I could tell that my sus- my rebound dampening was still too slow, because it was just as if like packing up. Yeah, it was as if like the front end was just totally dropping on me. But if with the front end, I could tell the way I was holding it. It wasn't that it was dropping. It's that the front end was still too high in the stroke of the suspension, so that it, where it was hitting, it was so weird, man. To actually be able to feel that. Um, and to be comfortable enough on the bike to be that aware. Yeah, and adjust. Yeah, it was crazy. And that's the thing that sucks, though, is like the way I'm so scatterbrained, I had so much trouble when I get to the pit stops that I never remembered to go. I wanted to go like two more clicks open on my rebound so that I'd get a little bit less rebound dampening for that so it would mm-hmm. pack less so it would rebound quicker. Uh, I never did it. But honestly, like that was probably in the, the, the fourth or fifth test. So, I mean, we're really in the back half of the day, and we knew that in the last test that that wouldn't be a, a thing. So, I mean, me forgetting to do that's not the end of the world. Um, but oh, such a great day. Such a great day. And you grew up on that. I mean, that's what you grew up yeah. riding on. I'm going to get my earplugs. You talk about that for a second, and then we'll get uh, we'll get Stu Baylor called up well, and in the show. Did anybody want to see what I got this weekend? Yeah, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Thanks, I got an x-ray from the weekend for a broken foot. My 990 decided to jump on top of me when I wasn't looking, and I wind up with a, what is it, a non-displaced third, fifth metatarsal of the left foot. Broken. That sucks. So I'm going to have to wander around in a boot for the next six weeks. So you got a trophy and I got an x-ray. You got a trophy, too. I got a trophy, too? Yeah, your x-ray. You got something oh, to remember that, the weekend by. Yeah. I'll frame it. Right? I hear some... <laughs> I hear ringy-dingy. Ringy-dingy, ringy-dingy. Hello, Mr. Stuart Baylor. I can't see you. You can't. Hey, how do you work this? Oh, man, the technology that we have to teach all of these people hey, every single hey, time. If he rides that well... He doesn't need to be. They can't see me. Hit hit the video button. There it is. Look at you. I like how we we always get cross shots with you. Is that a thing? I mean, are you just like, guys, seriously, check it out. (laughs) I mean, I might have planned that just for you. (laughs) You're like, I don't want to say no. (laughs) <laughs> At this, hey, do you still have the mullet? We have to ask. Oh, look at that Alabama I, slang. Oh yeah, the the Mississippi mud flap. Yeah, dude, there. the Kentucky waterfall. Ow! <laughs> that is something sexy. Oh my gosh, it makes me think of Walking Dead so much. Thank <laughs> you, breaking. So heart. just tell me why. I'm okay with whatever reason it is. We just need to know it. Why not? That's the real question. I'm in. You've, you've, you've sold I mean, me on it. Why, why not start a video series where you drink beer? Cheers, <laughs> my not? friend. Cheers. I mean, I'm just, 
I'm just saying, like, like you're the guy to answer those questions for me. I'm in. Why not? You got to be different, right? You got to do something. Why not wear a belt that you can fit a six-pack in? <laughs> exactly. I'm in. It's right here, too. We got it. Woohoo! <laughs> we don't have six beers in it because we drank most of them already, but we just had to have that. Yeah, this is something the FMF makes, man. This is the Ronnie Mac. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, beer belt, but it's fantastic. And if you don't have one of these, you're not partying hard enough, so go buy one. <laughs> you need excuses? This is it. Go get it right here. <laughs> I When I finished the Enduro, I saw you posted the picture of that, and I, I was like, there's no way. And then I walk out of the trailer, and there you are with that belt on. And my hat. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that hat. I love that hat. If you guys didn't see any of the pictures, we got it when we were going to go to Red Bull Rampage, and that was like all the diggers wear that yeah. shit because all the sun, and then obviously that turned south all of different ways, but I still have that hat, and so now that's kind of like my go-to go-out-and-about hat because it's strangely comfortable. The wind still blows through it, but it, it keeps the sun out. And enough it's, about... It's, it's almost off. a cowboy hat, but not quite. Right. Uh, enough about my drinking problems. Um and my ability to wear beer probably worse and maybe better than I can drink it. Um, dude, Stu, going into this event, did you... I want to know, like, does someone like yourself go, okay, I, I feel like I could win? Or do you just... just uh, it's always there kind of a thing. Like, how do you go into these events and where are you mentally before you even realize that it's going to be a winning kind of day? Um, you know... Coming into Louisiana, I've won there before. I love the track. Um, I the hotter the better, as far as I'm concerned. I love hot races. I I can usually outlast other guys. And um, coming in this weekend, I I kinda, it was one of those things I kind of knew I was going to win. I, I don't know, um, you know. Sometimes you just you've got that track and. You know, I had the same feelings leading up to Sumter, and I got a fourth. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I felt really good coming into the weekend, and um, I worked I worked a lot on the bike before the race, and I just uh, I felt I felt like I could ride consistent all day, and and that's what I did. I just I just stayed off the ground a lot more than usual. Um, you know, for me, a lot more than usual. I still crashed four times, but wow. that's a lot. More Sure. <laughs> wow. Well, here's a here's a question I didn't get to ask all you guys. Is that do you know how everybody else did when it comes into the crashing department? Like a Russell Bob and Charlie Mullins? Did you guys did that happen to come uh, up in any of your any of your discussions? Yeah, those guys don't really crash. Like I think Russell crashed once and like Grant crashed none. I don't think Grant's crashed the first three rounds so far. For me, um, I crashed 13 times in Alabama. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, that's I a, just that's a rough that. terrain, though. That Maplesville stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, they've been riding on those same trails for 40 years. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is I always seem to try to push in the worst spots to push. Um, not necessarily the fast or dangerous sections, but when I know that I can go fast and most likely not get hurt in a slick race or a slow section like a lot of Alabama was, um, I would find my, myself getting ahead of myself. And um, that's when I would make mistakes. And, you know, same thing this weekend where I made my mistakes was, uh, was actually in the test where I, where I took over the lead. In test three, yeah. um, I crashed twice in there, and that was the first mistakes I made all day. But you still and, you still won by tw- twenty one seconds, so in that section. Yeah, I I I, I got it out a little bit there in the last test. Um, everything just kind of played together, and uh, I I knew coming into the day that the test six was going to be the same test that I wanted in in two thousand twelve. It was the I forgot what name they had, but it's basically oh, uh, thick. It's a bull. It's called bullshit thicket. Yeah, bullshit thicket. That's it. So bullshit thicket. I, I I knew we were gonna race through there, and in 2012 it was a 15.6 mile section, oh. and it was the longest section I'd ridden in enduro, and it was 85 degrees, and it was absolutely miserable. 
Fantastic. So, um, I, was, That's I cool. was really hoping for a 15-mile section. Yeah. I, I love the long sections, especially when they're gnarly like that. Um, I, I just like the tight stuff. I, I like the thick trees and, you know, that's, that's where I seem to excel. Uh, just, you know, finding, finding new lines and being able to make passes and that thick stuff, um, kind of getting sketchy, which is also where I crash in the thick stuff. That's usually <laughs> where I push. I usually try to push a little bit too hard when it gets thick like that. And, and, you know, going into the last test this weekend, being a couple seconds apart, I I knew I was going to have to play it smart and definitely not choke. So all it takes is a couple dabs or one crash, and you're out of it when you're talking 12 seconds separating the top three. So, yeah. um, you the, know, I... You sealed the deal there in six when you, when you beat Russell by eight seconds. Yeah. So, you know, you went into it with a lead, but then you solidified it with that section six. Just exactly what you're talking about. Go fast in yeah, the tight stuff. That last test was, uh, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely a lot on my mind going into it. And then when I started the test, I, I really just put it on cruise control. Um, the and test six, I just, I, I felt solid. I felt smooth. I didn't make any mistakes. I stood out, stood up the majority of the test. I wasn't revving the bike. I wasn't overriding the bike. I wasn't abusing myself it was just you know everything came together and the whole time in the back of my mind i was thinking you know i can i can make up a couple seconds here and there or i could crash and i and i kept going over that in my mind i was like you know throw it away here or, or just or just keep cruising and um that's not one of the things that i've ever thought about when i'm leading a race usually i'm just like all right let's peel her back right see what we're doing here let's do some damage to these trees boys <laughs> i mean clusters are made for right yep yeah, and and for folks who don't don't know that section, you know, granted it's tight Louisiana pine trees, but the top four guys, and that's just eight seconds out of sixteen minutes, you know, sixteen minute of, of program, and the top four guys were only twenty seconds apart in that section. That's impressive. So that's amazing riding by all of you. Let's, but let's uh let's have something, the let's, best. let's do something really fun. Let's do something really fun. Let's go down to number fifty eight in the overall standings Uh-oh. and see what, how slow Wait, I'm getting used to my, this uh, my time was in the last section compared to Mr. Wait, does uh, does, Mr. does it go to fifty eight? Fifty eight. Oh, uh nineteen twenty two. So you were three minutes. <laughs> Not eight seconds. Three minutes. Three minutes and no, three minutes I'm not, and six I'm not seconds. trying to say I was fast because I'm not. That's not the. What I'm just. It just blows my mind. It's absolutely insane. Like I can only imagine. We did a uh, back in the 2013. I think we did a helmet cam between Ian Blythe and Cole Kirkpatrick. They both had helmet cams on, and I put the the video over each other, and it was insane because it, by the end of the event. They were only 20 seconds apart, and I think in that section alone, they were like three seconds apart. So it was insane to watch. Literally, you're, you're watching the same turns. Mm-hmm. It's just all of a sudden, you're seeing one person take one turn just a little bit faster, and then you see something like... So I can only imagine it's the same thing. Like, you know, I, if you could see that overlay... Of like a Stuart Baylor, a Russell Bobbitt, a Charlie Mullins, Grant Baylor, like Jesse Groom, like all these guys, like from the top as they're going, like a GPS yeah, of yeah. their little stuff, you could see the turns as like one of them is starting to pick up or like slack like they do an Indy race or a, a Formula One where they can show you all the or a, a skiing event where they show you the people in parallel. Yeah, that would be fun to see, but of course you can't th- get that technology out in the woods. Jerks. Jerks, what kind of technology would you want in the woods if you could have it, Mr. Baylor? Any kind. Just tell me. Just get creative. What kind of technology? Um, personally, I think, obviously, GoPro has already done the, I, I don't know what you call it, but the live feed where you can watch it on your cell phone. Right. I don't see why you can't watch the whole race from somebody's GoPro. Mm-hmm. Realistically, yeah, it's a matter of range at this point because they can do that in in uh, motocross and supercross. You know, they'll put yeah. a GoPro on somebody and, and pick it up. But when you're miles and miles and miles from the receiver, the GoPro just doesn't have the. Here's guts an idea. To do that. I got it. I got it. Okay, so the new, the new Phantom Four, and well, not the Phantom Four. There is another drone out now that you wear uh, an RFID yeah, chip, and it follows you, right? And it follows you. 
right? So we go, okay, it needs to be, I don't know, we'll just, for I'll easy tallest, math, no, no, for, for easy math, we'll do 100 feet. It needs to be 100 feet taller than you, right? But what it does is you have the camera, right? He's talking about it. you got the live feed camera. It's sending that signal up to the drone because the drone's always 100 feet above you, right? So it's carrying that signal. But then because at that point there's no more trees, it's got a clear signal back to an antenna. And then that could, is the receiver. Yeah, it could carry a transmitter. It. That's true. Or we could put just no, a I'm heck saying, of like, a transmitter. Nobody does it. that. I'm just, uh, dude, let's become rich. Stu, you in? We should be rich. Was your idea, I, so we'll cut you I've in. been on the Get Rich Quick program for a long time. <laughs> and I now I have a mullet. On this program. <laughs> like, the Get Rich Quick program is just, it's not paying off. But it's going to. I mean, it's going to. You, you've got to believe in the Get Rich Quick, no, quick program. You're more like Get Rich by Being Quick. That's what, that's what she Dude, said. I face off-road. Nobody's getting rich. This yeah. is Come true. on. This is true. This is true. Well, um... Let's talk a little bit too. Like, so obviously, you talked about how much you enjoy this event. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I really do love this race. And Dad and I, unfortunately, haven't been able to make it back in a long time. So we were super stoked to be able to make this work um, and to be able to go. It's another national. We'll go to see, get to see. You know, I got to see your dad. Like, that was so epic. With you guys being ten minutes behind me the whole time, um, your dad and everybody was already at the at the checks and stuff. So I got to hang out with you know with a, with Big Stew. All, all the cool cats that he's with that look at me funny whenever I talk to him for some strange reason. But, hey, I want to know something about your your team dynamics right now because SRT Off-Road is a, is a big sponsor of Sea Time this year, and that's awesome because you're on the, the SRT team. But I kind of want to know how that came about for you. Um, you know, last year you were kind of doing your own thing. This year you're on the SRT team um, and kind of what that program looks like. Um, you know, honestly, when I called Craig – Last year, um, I was I was looking for support for the team, and I was going to do my own deal. And he said, "You know what? Uh, give me a call next year. We'll see what we can work out." I called him this again this year. I don't even know if he knew who I was, but I, I tried to I tried to refresh him as best I could, and he was like, uh, "Well, you know, we'll talk." And he didn't really seem like he wanted wanted to help out the the Stu Baylor team and he said you ever thought about SRT it's like well what have you got to offer so um I started talking to him I guess uh probably mid-September and we we stayed in touch um throughout the remainder of the season and um you know basically just worked the whole deal out from from the ground up and kept my KTM support, um, and it just worked out to where I was able to to work with him. I was able to get a mechanic, um, and just take a lot of stress off of myself coming into this year, where I'm not dealing with other riders, I'm not dealing with uh, with 35 sponsors, I'm I'm dealing with the gym, I'm dealing with my bike, and I'm dealing with the races, and that's it. And um, you know, obviously, obviously, life's got a lot of curveballs that you still got to deal with during the week. But right. it's nice not having to worry about keeping up three three national bikes and uh, practice bike at the same time all on your own. Um, you know, last year juggling that it was it was really tough. Um, and then and then making all the orders, everything that everything that stacked onto that. So uh, I'm really grateful that that Craig gave me the opportunity and. Uh, it's, it's definitely made life a whole lot easier for this season. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Like, no, kind of like Chad Reed, focus on the riding and not on the managing. Yeah, know, yeah, less stress. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good idea. Everybody, everybody wants to think about it. Um, and you know, it was it was cool. I got I got to work with a lot of guys that I've worked with over the years. A lot of guys that uh, that have helped me out throughout the years when I was doing my own deal. Um, but you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it was just it, it it just didn't work for for the program that you've got to be on. I mean, you definitely got to run a tight ship when you're when you're trying to compete full time. And um, you know, I, I I I'm definitely not interested in a in a job right now. So I want to give it everything I've got. And you know, Craig still allowed me to to put myself in that position where I can. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to see guys like yourself, Corey Grafunder. Um, you know, really kind of 
having so much of a support with the SRT off-road guys as well, what I've seen too is you know SRT's grown a lot, and, and not just in the product line, but obviously the team as well. I mean, you guys have like forty sponsored riders, right? Um, you know, kind of all all levels of privateer to pro. I believe it's twenty two, eighteen, twenty two, somewhere in there. Um, I've not met everybody. We're flying out there in July to uh, to to meet everybody and hang out for a few days. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a big group, and it's it's definitely neat what what SRT's doing to get their name out there. Um, you know, obviously, obviously they make a lot of hard parts, but um, their biggest things like stuff that you use daily is is the chains and sprockets, and um, you know, for being a, a fraction of the price of everybody else, they're they're killer stuff. Um, and I think I think that he's really he's really got something good going and. Um, you know, having having that many riders and and that many names out there, that many more shrouds that say SRT, it's just that much more that you see when you're sitting on the sidelines. And you know, it's it's just like anything. It's the reason people put billboards out. It's uh, it's just advertisement. The more you see it, the more you want it, or or it may just set something off in your mind. And uh, it's it's definitely neat to see what he's doing, and it's good to see somebody else step up in our sport because right now, you know, obviously. A lot of people have backed out as far as as far as trying to make any factory support at all. And um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're making just as just as good of an effort as as any of the factory guys. Right. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I remember the first time that I ever bought an SRT product was probably like three years ago, um, and it was at Adventure Moto, and it was because of the fact that I went in there to get a pipe and they didn't have an FMF pipe, and they were like, "Oh, well, we got one of the SRT ones," and I went, "SRT, SRT." And it's exactly what you just said. Like I was like, where did that? Why does that ring a bell? And it's from seeing like Corey Grafunder with that on the side of his bike. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, well let's yeah, let's just go with that. Because at that point, I'm like, well yeah, I mean, if Corey Grafunder is going to run it, it's going to work, and it's going to work for a Joe Schmo like a guy, you know, for this this thirty A guy kind of a thing. So and with the family orientation of off road, you know, it's it somebody can walk into your pits and talk to people. And learn about the product. Like, oh, what is that? You know. Whereas in motocross, they stand on the podium and read off a list of sponsors. Come on, you know how how much sponsor value is that? But in off road, like for SRT, people not only see the SRT in the bike, they can see the parts. They can get within ten feet of your bike. They can talk to you, talk to the buddies, talk to the mechanics. Um, so it seems to make a lot of sense to sponsor in off road. I just wish the community was larger. Well, I think, yeah, no, and the thing, here's the biggest thing is you got to think about it. The off-road community is the biggest community there is, but the problem is it's also the most disjointed. Right. Um, you know, you've got the motocross and supercross people aren't as disjointed because they're looking in one place all the time. Where you go off-road, you go, well, no, I'm looking at desert, or I'm looking at off-road, well, what's off-road? Oh, well, off-road to me is enduro. Well, what's off-road to you? Off-road to me is hair scrambles. What's you? Oh, well, I'm in the trials. Yeah. yeah, like I'm in a desert. You know, it's like that's the problem. Like, is that the fact that off road doesn't mean all of these series across the nations is off road means the GNCC or it means the enduro. You know, it's, so that's like where is your value, and that's why it's because well, if it's in one place and one place has millions of viewers because it's on TV, then it makes the most sense. You know, we've learned that with seat time, like. Yeah. You know, we've been an off-road show for the longest time. We're like, why the hell? And it's just, you know, uh, we we don't want to be huge, but at the same time, we're like, why do we always have, like, why do our numbers always seem to kind of stay the same? One, we suck. We know that. We're okay with it. Two, it's just because of the fact that off-road is so weirdly disjointed that there's no way to be all-inclusive. You even see that inside of clubs. Mm. Mm, there's, you, like, there's the hair scramble contingent, the enduro contingent, like Team A and Team B type clubs, and only the enduro contingent cuts trails. But I won't go there, right? Well, um, what's going to be next for you, Mister Baylor? Um, we've got Big Buck coming up this weekend. Oh so yeah, first South Carolina round in the GNCCs, uh, and then we've got a few weeks off. I've got an OMA in that t- in the meantime. And uh, and then back to South Carolina again for uh, all new round and um, in the lower state. So it's going to be a more sandy terrain. Uh, obviously, going to be a rough track. So 
<laughs> Whoa. People are taking pictures of me. <laughs> Whoa. That is the weirdest giggle laugh ever. Yeah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Do you like? Do you, it'd be even like weirder. I mean, we we wouldn't know, but if like you didn't have pants on and you're just sitting there with like a shirt and a hat, and she's like taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. oh, so disappointing. Busted. I so mean, I di- wanted to, I wanted to do it real slow so it build it up, but yeah, I have pants. That's this, de- is, this is a family show. That's definitely what she said. No. <laughs> Family now, sh- family shows are on Thursday. I'm not really sure. Oh yeah, no, we do. Yeah, we make sure like nobody sees it's under this desk. That's that's all you belt. need to see. Wow. <laughs> that's my beer belt. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's a, a beer belt and a beer belly. Yeah, it works. It's 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 hand in hand. Well, yeah. So you got a big buck. And you said which uh, which OMA is it that you've got? Um, it's the first round. It's in Missouri. I have never raced there. Uh, it's out towards Kansas City, so um, oh. you know I, I'm pumped on that. I, I started doing the OMAs last year and I uh, got the championship there. And the tracks are just the tracks are a blast. Um, I have a good time racing all of them. The dirt's usually killer. The two moto format sweet. Um, usually there's not a, a thousand riders out there destroying the track, so it's. It's almost like doing laps around a national enduro, if you could imagine, like doing laps around an NAPG section that's like smooth, like fun. It's, right. it's one of those. It's not, it's not a GNCC where you sign up to kill yourself for three hours. Right. Yeah. So. That, that, that two hours that I did at the one GNCC I went to at Big Buck, I was like, I'm, I don't need to be doing this anymore. You know, Once a year, if I could make it out, I'm happy to do that. Like That's all I need. <laughs> Because yeah. it is yeah, they, they are the the tracks are destroyed after ten thousand yeah. laps around the, it. I guess you could say. I, I don't know. Yeah, we've got a roughly roughly fifteen hundred two thousand riders a weekend, and I guess on average we're doing four to five laps. So do the math on that. Yeah, that's a, a metric shit ton. That's, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. metric measurement. Uh, before I go, I was gonna say, before we let you go. I was going to say, I had an awesome time with the people on my row this past weekend. Um, they were a super cool family out of Kentucky. I want to say his last name was Beck. I think his name was Jacob Beck. was a 200 B rider, and his dad um, was in one of the B classes. And, of course, his name has slipped my mind now. But I, it makes me wonder, what kind of experiences have you had at some of the National Enduros with the people that have been on your rows? Um, usually at the National Enduros... Uh, the guys on my row are either scared to talk to me, don't like talking, or think I look funny. I, I'm not really sure. Like most of the guys don't really say much, but I have had some guys come up after after enduro sections and say, "Wow, that was the ugliest get off I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> I don't know how you're still living, or "Wow, how did your bike end up 20 feet up in a tree?" Or, or "Wow, how did you not?" blow the fork tubes through your handlebars i i mean we always start some good conversations there whenever whenever guys see me do some dumb stuff but not nah, mostly at the enduros you don't really i i don't really hear too much from other guys um i usually talk to all the other pros that are around um you know we all start right there right there uh, in the well not the 20s now but 30s so the top 10 of us are all fairly close and you see each other every section and you know get to talk a little bit have the last test go you know fill out the guy beside you um and that's that's about it so it's, uh, you know it's cool it's uh you're always trying to figure out what this guy's doing it's, and you know cracking jokes on the guy beside you you know this weekend bobbit bobbit kept gapping me early in the race and i was i would come in and i felt like i nailed the section and dad was like ah sorry but down Nope, Bobby got you. So, uh, you know, I was cracking jokes with him. You know, slow, slow her down, back her down, Bobby. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's good. We always, we always have a good time out there. Everybody's, everybody's friends. There's, there's no real issues, and and that's the good thing about the Enduros. It's so laid back, and everybody's pretty easy going. And uh, you know, you can, you can crack jokes on the guy beside you until, until they're saying ten seconds, and. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot of the, the fun about the Enduros. There's, there's not really any drama. There's not really any headache. It's just, 
going out and riding your dirt bike. Yep. Perfect. Well, that's that's the way I feel about it. I wish that more people would get that kind of side of it, but we'll see. Well, dude, we appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with GNCCs and OMAs coming up, and then uh, in July when you get to go uh, hang out with the SRT dudes and uh, potentially uh, you know have stories that you want to come tell us about and wear beer belts. All right. <laughs> I, I I can't drink beer, but uh, maybe water belt. Water bottles. That's allowed. Water Juice belt. That I'm okay All with right. that. As long as it's as long as it's fun, I'm in. I like fun things. This is a fun right. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that hat. That hat's a fun thing. You gotta have it. The mullet's a fun thing. That it is. I can't do it right now. I got like a this this like what do they call these things? Poof. Yeah. I don't know. Buffont. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But we'll if see. you turn your hat around backwards, nobody gets to see it. Well. I only did that so you could see my face in the show. I mean, I usually do this, and I'm going to start bending my bill up real good and wearing her like that. Oh, God, yes. I'm going to go alligator hunting next time I'm down there in Louisiana. I like it. You're just making me, making me jealous. Right <laughs> You'd fit right in. It'd be fantastic. Well, dude, thank you very much for spending some of your evening with us. We definitely appreciate it. Good luck on the dirt bike, and we'll, we'll certainly chat soon. And congratulations right, on a great good. ride. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. You know, that's, uh, one, that's one difference, though, in the old-timey Enduros. You always wanted to get on a row with a double-A. Mm -hmm. Then you could just turn your computer off. Oh, just yeah, yeah. Don't ever pass him. Yeah. You know, just ride as hard Back as you can. Back when it was timekeeping and everything. You see, if, if you see a double-A rider on the side of the trail, stop. Because he's probably caught up. Yep, and he's waiting for everything. And the rest of the time, you're just on the gas as hard as you can go. Keep on going. Yeah. Well, um, what did you think overall about the weekend? I thought the weather was fabulous. The I, tra I thought the ground was great. It's For the first couple of rows, though, it was the reason I fell over twice. It was nothing but pine needles. Uh, so maybe, And I was watching the ground as maybe the first couple of rows went through. And they had some pine needles. But by the time you got to about 12 or 15, you were starting to get down to dirt. And by the time you got to 30, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. and it was moist. There were um, very few places with dust because they don't ride on the roads a lot there. Right. They can't. The Forest Service won't let them. So, but there are some open trails on silty stuff that the sun beats down on that you guys had some dust. Mm -hmm. But most of the test sections were glorious. Yeah, they really were. Um, I would have loved... And it's funny because I registered and I, I, you know, typically when I go to the Enduros, um, I actually register in the 20s just because that's where the good, excuse me, where the good traction is and where like I like the lines developing. But now that they moved to the 30s, I was like, ah, I don't know how I'm going to like that. But I realized as somebody that talks about this kind of shit, I should have specifically gone to the 30s because of that, because that way I could have kind of seen, you know. Yeah, you with, just spent your with, day getting out of the way. Ah, well, so... That's what I used to hate about riding with you on row 18. Because then 20, 21, 22, 23 would always, get over! And I'd lose untold minutes getting over, hitting trees, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Somebody else's lifetime. I know. That's why I wore this racing jersey, so I can pretend that I used to be a racer. So you can go, you can drive with your arm out the window and feel the breeze. Yeah. That's a good looking jersey. The dude. older I get, the faster I was. Don't worry. We all have those stories. Um, yeah, so uh, it's going to be cool, though. One of the things we didn't chat about was the dirt buzz. So what went on this past weekend? There was a lot of stuff that happened this past weekend. So it, for this kind of stuff, definitely you can check out dirtbuzz.com to get your weekly dirt buzz on. Um, I've, we've been talking about the National Enduro Round 3, the Cajun Classic. It was in Forest Hill, Louisiana. Uh, Stuart Baylor Jr., who we just had on, got the win. Russell Bobbitt got his third second in a row. And Charlie Mullins, who's been feeling a lot better... Uh, got third place. What's interesting about Charlie Mullins is the fact that you know, just a little bit ago he was he quit a GNCC because his wrists were hurting him so bad. Yeah. You know, um, but he had two years of different surgeries on and off the bike and in and out of surgeries and stuff like that. So, you know, I, it's it's one of those deals where he's got to have a building year, and so he's got to just ride and ride and ride and ride. And when it hurts, no, it hurts. And know when to call it quits. Right. And obviously at the GNCC, I, I, I'm not there riding with him. I don't know how much pain he was in, but I have to think that that was the right decision. 
you know, through all the yeah. surgeries and everything with his wrist that he's gone through. Um, so, but great to see him on the podium and great to see him doing so well. Jesse he was Grone less in fourth than a minute place. off of first. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And him, I mean, you got to think the top three guys are all past national enduro champions yes. too. So they all know how to ride fast when it gets tight, when they're in the woods and they're doing the thing. So saying that the points have tightened up, Grant Baylor's got 76 points, who had a very off weekend, strangely enough. No idea mm-hmm. what went on there. Uh, Russell Bobbitt's got 75, and then Stu Baylor Jr. now was 69. So top three are very close. On the West Coast, we had the AMA West Hair Scrambles Round 4 in Gorman, California. Um, Justin Bonita got the win. Corey Grafunder in second and Kevin Rookstool in third. Now, Justin Bonita is a name that most people were kind of like, huh? Like on the West Coast, you might recognize him, but you know, Corey Grafunder and Kevin Rookstool are no- names that people recognize a little bit more across the nation. Um, and Justin Bonita just had a fantastic race. It was really nasty. It was really muddy, and he made a lot of right decisions. Um, where other people were making a little bit of crazier ones, and he's the one who came out on top. So congratulations, Justin Bonita, on your on your West Hess Grambles win. Um, in Morocco, we have the Enduro GP. If somebody knows the answer to this, definitely let me know. I've emailed the guys at Enduro 21 to see if I can get an answer. It's called Enduro GP now, not the World Enduro Championship anymore. And I'm trying to see if that's an official name change or if that's like an unofficial. Like so, I mean, even like the Instagram account now is like Enduro GP. So if anybody knows why, how that happened, or did somebody buy it and somebody else running it, like I'd like somebody else yeah. owned the name. I'd like I'd like to know that. Yeah, I just kind of like to figure out why they did that. So, but uh, top three at that the E1 class was Aero Romez, uh, Matty Phillips E2, and then Steve Holcomb uh, was E3, um, and Matty Phillips is an awesome Australia rider. Um, he's on a Sherco this year. So awesome to see him doing so good. Excited to see that. Aero Romez is on a TM. Yeah, and it's good to see the Spanish bikes coming back too, not just, uh, you know, you got the Shirkas and, and others coming up now. Yeah, I mean, we got, that was, uh, I didn't see what Steve was riding, but yeah, so overall in the E1 is a TM, then a Shirko is an E2, and then Steve Holcomb, which is, I hate to say it, but a little less known name to me, but maybe possibility that it's not a KTM or Husky rider. <laughs> in the woods. Yeah, in the woods. Uh, J-Day Off-Road, they had their uh, Southwick going on, and it was cool because they built uh, a wall. They built uh, one of the mountain bike walls that you get to see. That was so cool, a nice wall ride. I like that. It's I like how people go, oh, it's so out of the box. No. He's paying attention to other sports and realizing that that is easily capable. Spend a little bit of time, a little bit of extra money, and make sure it happens where it needs to happen, and you get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So... Yeah, congratulations, John Day, because that is epic. And I am so thankful to see other people pulling the trigger and making that kind of stuff happen because uh, that's why I think people who have the right head on their shoulders and have a for-profit series can make some really cool decisions and do some really cool shit. It's when you have a non-profit series that there's no real incentive to make it awesome. Well, be careful because then you get Supercross. This is true. That's a is that's true. a for profit nothing else series. That's true. That's true. Yeah, okay, you're right. So we could go either way. Uh, Indiana cross country racing round three. Uh, we saw Austin Lee in first, Ricky Russell in second, and Derek Allen in third. They had the Appalachian Championship Enduro season round two, as they call the Aces, um, where we saw Brock Hepler uh, get first place, Robbie Jenkins in second, and Johnny Barber in third. Remember, we had Johnny Barber mm-hmm. on. Um, so Brock Hepler and Johnny Barber both on their gas gases, doing mm-hmm. extremely well with the little gas gas North America team that they're starting to kind of foster and bring up a little bit more as we now know that gas gas is trying to rebrand, rebuild, and kind of bring back well, you know the glory days, if you will, for That'd what be gas a fifth gas was Spanish in the brand. Hmm? That'd be a fifth Spanish brand coming back into it. Man. From beta on down. So you got beta, Sherco, TM, gas gas. Oh, that's four. Excuse me. What's the... Oh, I can't count anymore. But it was just four? Yeah. No, okay, I was like, what's the fifth? What's the fifth? Oh, my God. No, Noble Taco. <laughs> oh, not yet. <laughs> we could do a retro thing and like make Bull Taco t-shirts. Would that count? They no? still race okay. them in Arma. Old farts on old bikes? That's because it's the vintage series. That's why they yeah, race every, them. Every once in a while, you'll see a Bull Taco, but not Ooh. very often. 
and then last on the dirt buzz was the Mideast Hair Scramble Series round four in Morgantown, North Carolina. Uh, Trevor Bollinger got the win, Jordan Smith in second, and Cody Gregg in third. That's good to see Trevor Bollinger getting the win there. In the XC2 class, he's been doing a fantastic job at the GNCCs, and it, it's been interesting. Like if he, had a fan, if he had a great race, it almost seems like he might be able to be one of those XC2 guys that gets the overall overall yeah. from the second row. Yeah. Which would be insane. Yeah, well, it, happened. it, it could happen. Grant Baylor, Stu Baylor was one that looked like he could make it happen, didn't make it happen. Grant Baylor was one that made it look like he could happen, didn't make it happen. And now we got Trevor Bollinger that could looks like he might be able to make it happen. I still feel like Grant Baylor looked like he could make it happen a little bit more. Trevor Bollinger's doing a good job. They'd have to pass a lot of really fast guys, though. Really fast. But the thing is, they start a minute behind. A minute behind. So they don't technically have to pass the They don't the have guys. to pass the leader, they just but have they to, got to pass all the back markers. Pass them by class. that minute. Yeah. So it'd be tough, but it's doable. It is. Especially it is. if it gets tight. Uh, so, yeah, coming up, we've got Big Buck this weekend, uh, April 16th and 17th. This is the one two years ago that uh, Stephen and I went to where my hands blew up and I turned into a raging vagina. It happens. Apologies. I didn't race him very well, did I? Or maybe you just raised me perfect. Maybe it's your mother's fault. All right, we'll blame her. She's not here. Fantastic. So, of course, this has been Seat Time, episode 203. Um, we're going to wrap up our Tuesday a little early here. We just wanted to have a good, fun old time being able to talk about the National Enduro. Dad and I really did have a fantastic time. Thank you to everybody that, that came up and said hi. Um, there were a lot of dudes that were like, ah, oh, we enjoyed the show. Thank you for doing it. You're damn welcome. We really do enjoy this. C- can I um, get my Alessi moment in? Oh, my God, sure. God damn it. In one of the semis, of course, they both made it to the main. <clears throat> they, the announcers were saying, these are your qualifiers. Blah, they're... Blah, blah, and blah, sandwiched in between the Alessis. I think that's the first positive comment about the Alessis that the announcers have ever made in the history of the world. And he got some, Mike got some awesome uh, starts. Of course, he faded, but he finished 10th. Mm-hmm. His brother finished last. Mm-hmm. But they were bookended by Alessis. <laughs> it's the strangest stupid, infatuation. Stupid. I know it's strangest infatuation that you have, kind sir. I like I like hole shots. That's that used to be my strength. Was I rode Suzuki four hundreds? That was my strength. Then I'd fade. So you have a intimate connection with Alessi. I like it. Everybody has their vices. We'll take it. Close up. All right. So, of course, episode 203 will be back next Tuesday, talking more good times. If you would be kind, remember, go check out Amazon. You can go to the Seat Time website, seattime.co, click the Amazon link, and that's a perfect way to not spend. You don't have to give us any money. You just go there before you go shop on Amazon, and it's a little bit of a percentage that goes towards Seat Time. It helps pay server fees, gas fees, all the fun little things that help us get people here on the couch and to you for that I'm much free. more of a I'm benefit. Free. Yeah, he he helps I'm out free. a lot. <laughs> Anything we can give him at some point would be very beneficial. So this is Seat Time. Seattime.co is the website where you can go see all the archive stuff we put up there. We're not just a web show. We do put up a lot of news. We put up fun stories, all that kinds of good stuff. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash seattime. We're on Twitter. It's at seattime underscore co. And on Instagram, it's at seattime. Remember, subscribe to us on YouTube. That's the best way to be alerted to all of our new videos. We do have a Tips for the Trail video coming out shortly. What to pack in your Enduro butt pack, along with a little bit of hydration tips. It's a little long of a title, so we're going to shorten it up. But don't worry, that's going to be coming soon. So subscribe. You'll be one of the first ones to know. And then they'll do my butt pack is what you wear. Oh, yeah. And then we'll go on a dual sport. We call that the Baja butt pack. (laughs) It it literally has the kitchen sink. It has the kitchen sink. It's pretty... It fits on my butt. It'd fall off of yours. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty intense. Um, but remember, subscribe to the newsletter off of the website, too, because if you want to be one of the first people to order one of the new Seat Time t-shirts that's going to be coming out in May, that is the way to do it. Don't rely on Facebook. It is such a horrible way for us to get news out to you. If you want instantaneous news about what's going on at Seat Time, subscribe to the newsletter. We put everything on Facebook, but now it's pay-to-play. It sucks. 
So just go to the newsletter, and that's the best way to get all of Sea Time's information if you really want to be in the know. And Sea Time Adventures. And Sea Time Adventures, which is very much coming up shortly. It's going to be fun. Uh-uh. Still a few spots. I know. So if you're interested, They're definitely reach out. Um, of course, thank you very much to our sponsors, to Fly Racing. You can touch them out at flyracing.com. Go to your local dealer. Check it out. Ask for some Fly Racing. Kinda Tires, which is kindatire.com. Go to your local dealer. Ask for some Kinda Tires. And then SRT Off-Road, which is srtoffroad.com and you can go to your local dealer and check them out because all that stuff is available to your mm-hmm. local dealer best way to support your sport lo- support your local dealer um, you know buy online when you need to if you're getting a great sale we understand that's going to happen they're going to be very knowledgeable though and they're going to be able to help you out and just good way to support your local region I think it's the thing to do so of course I'm Brian Pierce you can find me at Woody B. Pierce on all of the internets that's just kind of what happens this is my dad Papa Pierce are you on the internets? I'm an I'm a user. He's on the couch. That's all you got. If you go to the at the couch dot com, <laughs> at on the couch. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm on Facetime and a few others, but <laughs> I like it. not religiously. <laughs> yeah. So just find us next week, and we'll do some more chatting and beer drinking and bench racing. Remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome, and we'll see you then. Let's hear it from the retired folks. I'm not there yet. <laughs>